there. Welcome to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlach. Welcome to confession number nine. We're going to talk about how agency requires our unique voice. Now, as we go into talking about agency through voice, we're going to look at how the role of agency and how it inspires action. This is so critical to our thinking when we're um, laying the groundwork as we go into agency. How is everything that we're establishing leading to an end result of taking action? So as we're thinking about voice, our voice is one of those things that connects us to the rest of the human race. When we don't have the power to express our voice, it can be devastating. When I began my PYP journey, I moved to Cologne, Germany to work in a dual language international school. And one of the things I quickly learned by living in a foreign country was that language defines your social interactions with others. When you don't have the words to express your needs, you simply cease to exist. I remember my first year, I struggled so much because I missed the social interactions while going through the grocery store line, while bumping into my neighbor at the base of the stairs, and interacting with the culture as a whole. And as time progressed, I was able to learn enough German that I could communicate my basic needs, such as ordering food from at a restaurant, purchasing things at a deli counter, and being able to be socially appropriate in that checkout line. It took me a while. And I remember when I first engaged in the culture, every time I left a store, people would say, choose. And I was like, what the heck? Uh, Are you wishing me? uh, Are you? I didn't understand what that meant. And I just remember I couldn't get the words right. And I remember going to my German counterparts and saying, what's the cheese? And they were like, what are you talking about? And finally, when I was able to articulate it, I was like, what is that? And they said, all they're doing is wishing you goodbye. Have a, you know, have a nice day like we do in, in the States. The same situation happened when people would say, Entschuldigung. When they would bump into me on the train, which just meant, pardon me. And it's those little nuances of culture that really make a difference in being able to be part of it. And one thing that I've learned in that interaction is that during these times, I realized my world revolved around my voice, which was my identity. And just think about this when we're thinking about the construct of a classroom. This is how our students feel when they enter our classrooms. They come with their unique voice. The only thing that they know, they bring their bright ideas on how they they know that they learn best. And they're quickly told that that's not the way that it's going to be done. Because it's going to be done according to the voice of the teacher. 
not their own. And instantly, all of their ideas, their passions are extinguished. Now, doesn't mean to say that there aren't excellent teachers out there, exciting students, but I've also seen iterations of the opposite, where students are vehicles or vessels of information and they're there to receive, but not to process and to give back. And so how can we make sure to keep that pilot light lit of that voice that's churning within our students, getting them to be able to articulate their unique perspective of the world into the classroom learning. And just imagine, coupled on top of all of that, you've got children who are acquiring whatever language, second or third language, and they're trying to understand the nuances of a culture and acquire a new language. That's why when I look at English language learners, as I've taught many a year, they're usually so quiet. They want to become invisible because they don't have the words to share their voice. And how heartbreaking is that when you think about that? And my experiences as an educator greatly shifted from that experience. It was very humbling. And I'm so grateful I went through it because it opened up my blinders to the needs of children who are acquiring a different language, children with learning disabilities, how they are struggling with all their might to share their voice and their unique perspective, but they don't have the tools in which to do it. How frustrating that must be. And so this experience redefined my role as facilitator of the learning, not the sole creator. I changed the way that I looked at education. And I'd ask then my students, how would you make this better? What would you do instead? How should we take this? and do this differently? What are some questions you want to explore? Because I knew that that's how I would grab my students into the learning process. And it really comes down to one simple question. Can my student wonderings drive the content I'm teaching? Not the other way around. Can my content drive student wonderings? Because if we're focused on content, will never get to the student wondering. So that question again, can my student wonderings drive the content I'm teaching? So powerful. That to me is like one of those anchor questions that guides me. And our response to this question will reflect how our students engage in the learning in our classrooms. Because engagement, you know, it kind of flows in a certain pattern and if you look at the pattern, when we're looking at engagement, we first look at students and compliance. They're learning because they have given, been given a task and they do what's required. That's compliance. But commitment 
is taking a little bit more responsibility of the learning and saying, okay, I'm here to learn, I'm here to better myself. They're still not going above and beyond. It's connection. When the learner feels a little bit more empowered in their and more in control of their learning, they are connected to it. They can see the pieces and how they work together. And where we want to be is creation. Where the learners want to explore and engage for themselves. Not for a grade, but for themselves. And so how do we get to that creation point? It's their voice. That's where we start. Voice is a big part of getting students engaged in this learning process. Personally speaking, I think it's the easiest way to extract ideas from our students. We can do this easily in great questions asked during class discussions, partner projects where kids are working together and tinkering and in working things out. Regular reflection sessions, whether in small group, paired, individual, where we're getting kids to make those connections and to share and to pose new questions. Our wonder walls, where we pose one excellent questions that can be driving the unit and so much more. So now let's look at the phases of voice, where you currently are in showcasing voice in your classroom. We're going to utilize what's called an agency continuum. We're borrowing this from our stages of inquiry that we talked about earlier. Remember, there's teacher-driven, modeled, guided, and student-driven. And as we impact the stages of voice, consider where you are in this continuum and make a goal. Try to go to the next one over. So the voice continuum has several stages that we can pass through in order to support agency. Okay, and so we're gonna try to make a goal. We're going to um, think about this and we're gonna try to make a goal of, but we also want to state specifically what area of focus that we want to um, zoom in on so that we can ensure accountability. So, the voice continuum goes here. We first start off at expression. So students can answer questions and state opinions. That's expression. Then we move over to consultation. They're able to create some goals and collect some evidence and do a little data handling. You know, they are, they're able to manipulate a little bit. Participation. Now they're feeling like, okay, I can work with others and pose possible you know, problems and solutions. Partnership. I can collaborate with the teacher and also with peers to create learning experiences. Now I'm a co-creator of the learning experience. Number five is activism. I identify and solve problems and I advocate for change. And then finally, leadership. I lead groups to make change. See the difference. There are six stages within the continuum. Where are you? Have you figured out where your teaching practice lies? It 
is okay to admit to yourself, I am an expression. They answer questions and they state their opinions, but I don't really have them go beyond. It's okay because we have to begin somewhere. The most important part is that we recognize that we need to allow for more voice to happen into our classrooms. That we need to allow for voice to naturally happen. And how that happens is largely giving students the opportunity to share their ideas, their goals, their passions. That's it. It's very simple. It's probably the lowest prep way of dealing with agency. So where will you start? Think about it. If you're a visual person, go to the website, thinkchat2020.weebly.com. And you'll be able to see some visuals that will guide this process for you. And you'll also be able to find the agency continuum as a um, graphic organizer that you can write on, that you can download and write on. So as always, have a wonderful day and see you in the next episode.